Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Children of Our Lady podcast brought to you by the Catholic Family Podcast. My name is Thomas, and I thank you all for coming by to a new episode of the show. Of course, again, a special thank you to the Kosovic Choir for the intro and outro music for today's episode. Well, I hope everybody's continuing to have a very blessed and grace-filled Christmas season. I want to wish you all a blessed first Saturday and a blessed Feast of the Epiphany. It's nice that this wonderful Feast of the Epiphany falls on a first Saturday as well. Of course, now we'll see in the Nativity scenes all the statues of the three wise men coming out. Just another wonderful event we celebrate here in this beautiful Christmas season. And so I hope everybody has a fantastic day and a fantastic week, and I want to wish you all a happy new year. This is the first episode of the Children of Our Lady podcast this year, and today we start off with a fantastic reading from the Glories of Mary with just another consoling, encouraging, uplifting, you run out of the words to describe, a beautiful section from the Glories of Mary by St. Alphonsus Liguori, one I'm definitely excited to share. And I think we'll go ahead and get right into it. I don't think I'll spend any more time on this intro, but however, with the outro today, I'm not going to spend too much time on commentary. I'm a little bit pressed on time over here, but I'd still like to give a little bit of commentary at our quote and our prayer to Our Lady. So now we'll go ahead and get into our reading of Section 1 of Chapter 8. Chapter 8 And after this, our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Section 1 Mary delivers her clients from hell. It is impossible for a client of Mary, who is faithful in honoring and recommending himself to her, to be lost. To some, this proposition may appear at first sight exaggerated, but anyone to whom this might seem to be the case, I would beg to suspend his judgment, and first of all, read what I have to say on this subject. When we say that it is impossible for a client of Mary to be lost, we must not be understood as speaking of those clients who take advantage of this devotion, that they may sin more freely. And therefore, those who disapprove of the great praises bestowed on the clemency of this most blessed virgin, because it causes the wicked to take advantage of it to sin with greater freedom, do so without foundation, for such presumptive people deserve chastisement, and not mercy, for their rash confidence. It is therefore to be understood of those clients who, with a sincere desire to amend, are faithful in honoring and recommending themselves to the mother of God. It is, I say, morally impossible that such as these should be lost. And I find that Father Crasset, in his book on devotion towards the Blessed Virgin Mary, says the same thing, as did also Vega before him in his Marian theology, Mendoza, and other theologians. And that we may see that they did not speak at random, let us examine what other saints and learned men have said on the subject, and let no one be surprised if many of these quotations are alike, for I have wished to give them all in order to show how unanimous the various writers have been on this subject. St. Anselm says that as it is impossible for one who is not devout to Mary and consequently not protected by her to be saved, so it is impossible for one who recommends himself to her and consequently is beloved by her to be lost. St. Antoninus repeats the same thing, and almost in the same words. As it is impossible for those from whom Mary turns her eyes of mercy to be saved, so also are those towards whom she turns these eyes and for whom she prays necessarily saved and glorified. Consequently, the clients of Mary will necessarily be saved. Let us pay particular attention to the first part of the opinions of these saints, and let those tremble who make but little account of, or from carelessness give up their devotion to, this Divine Mother. They say that the salvation of those who are not protected by Mary is impossible. Many others declare the same thing, such as Blessed Albert, who says, that all those who are not thy servants, O Mary, will perish. And St. Bonaventure, he who neglects the service of the Blessed Virgin will die in his sins. Again, he who does not invoke thee, O lady, will never get to heaven. 
And on the 99th Psalm, the saint even says that not only those from whom Mary turns her face will not be saved, but that there will be no hope of their salvation. Before him, St. Ignatius the Martyr said that it was impossible for any sinner to be saved without the help and favor of the Most Blessed Virgin, because those who are not saved by the justice of God are with infinite mercy saved by the intercession of Mary. Some doubt as to whether this passage is truly of St. Ignatius, but at all events, as Father Crasset remarks, it was adopted by St. John Chrysostom. It is also repeated by the venerable Raymond Giordano, and in the same sense does the Church apply to Mary the words of Proverbs, all that hate me love death. That is, all who do not love me love eternal death. For, as Richard of St. Lawrence says on the words of the same book, she is like the merchant's ship, all those who are out of this ship will be lost in the sea of the world. Even the heretical E. Columpadius looked upon little devotion to the mother of God as a certain mark of reprobation, and therefore he said, Far be it from me ever to turn from Mary. But, on the other hand, Mary says in the words applied to her by the church, he that hearkeneth to me shall not be confounded. That is to say, he that listeneth to what I say shall not be lost. On which St. Bonaventure says, O lady, he who honors thee will be far from damnation. And this will still be the case, St. Hilary observes, even should the person during the past time have greatly offended God. However great a sinner he may have been, says the saint, if he shows himself devout to Mary, he will never perish. For this reason, the devil does his utmost with sinners in order that, after they have lost the grace of God, they may also lose devotion to Mary. When Sarah saw Isaac in company with Ismael, who was teaching him evil habits, she desired that Abraham would drive away both Ismael and his mother Agar, cast out this bondwoman and her son. She was not satisfied with the son being turned out of the house, but insisted on the mother going also, thinking that otherwise the son coming to see his mother would continue to frequent the house. The devil also is not satisfied with the soul turning out Jesus Christ, unless it also turns out his mother. Cast out this bondwoman and her son. Otherwise he fears that the mother will again, by her intercession, bring back her son. And his fears are well grounded, says the learned Pacciuchelli, for he who is faithful in serving the mother of God will soon receive God himself by the means of Mary. St. Ephraim, then, was right in calling devotion to our Blessed Lady a divine charter, our safeguard from hell. The same saint also calls the Divine Mother the only hope of those who are in despair. That which St. Bernard says is certainly true, that neither the power nor the will to save us can be wanting to Mary. The power cannot be wanting, for it is impossible that her prayers should not be heard, as St. Antoninus says. It is impossible that a mother of God should pray in vain. And St. Bernard says the same thing, that her requests can never be refused, but that she obtains whatever she wills. The will to save us cannot be wanting, for Mary is our mother and desires our salvation more than we can desire it ourselves. Since then this is the case, how can it be possible for a client of Mary to be lost? He may be a sinner, but if he recommends himself to this good mother with perseverance and purpose of amendment, she will undertake to obtain him light to abandon his wicked state, sorrow for his sins, perseverance in virtue, and finally, a good death. And what mother would not deliver her son from death if it only depended on her asking the favor to obtain it from the judge? And can we think that Mary, who loves her clients with a mother's most tender love, will not deliver her child from eternal death when she can do it so easily? Ah, devout reader, let us thank our Lord if we see that he has given us affection for and confidence in the Queen of Heaven. For, says St. John Damascene, God only grants this favor to those whom he is determined to save. The following are the beautiful words of the saint, and with which he rekindles his own and our hope. O Mother of God, if I place my confidence in thee, I shall be saved. If I am under thy protection, I have nothing to fear. 
for the fact of being thy client is the possession of a certainty of salvation, and which God only grants to those whom he intends to save. Therefore Erasmus salutes the Blessed Virgin in these words, Hail, O terror of hell, O hope of Christians, confidence in thee is a pledge of salvation. Oh, how enraged is the devil when he sees a soul persevering in devotion to the Divine Mother. We read in the life of Blessed Alphonsus Rodriguez, who was very devout to Mary, that once when in prayer, finding himself much troubled by the devil with impure thoughts, this enemy said, Give up thy devotion to Mary, and I will cease to tempt thee. We read in Blosius that God revealed to St. Catherine of Siena that in his goodness and on account of the incarnate word, he had granted to Mary, who was his mother, that no one, not even a sinner, who devoutly recommends himself to her should ever become the prey of hell. Even the prophet David prayed to be delivered from hell for the sake of the love he bore to Mary. I have loved, O Lord, the beauty of thy house. Take not away my soul, O God, with the wicked. He says of thy house, for Mary was the house that God himself constructed for his dwelling on earth, and in which he could find repose on becoming man, as it is written in the book of Proverbs. Wisdom hath built herself a house. No, says St. Ignatius the martyr, he who is devout to the Virgin Mother will certainly never be lost. And St. Bonaventure confirms this, saying, Thy lovers, O lady, enjoy peace in this life, and will never see eternal death. The devout Blosius assures us that the case never did and never will occur in which a humble and attentive servant of Mary was lost. Oh, how many would have remained obstinate in sin and have been eternally lost, says Thomas A. Kempis, if Mary had not interposed with her son that he might show them mercy. It is also the opinion of many theologians, and of St. Thomas in particular, that for many who have died in mortal sin, the Divine Mother has obtained from God a suspension of their sentence and a return to life to do penance. Trustworthy authors give us many instances in which this has occurred. Amongst others, Flodoridus, who lived about the ninth century, relates in his chronicles that a certain deacon named Edelman, who was apparently dead and was being buried, returned to life and said that he had seen hell, to which he was condemned, but that at the prayers of the Blessed Virgin, he had been sent back to this world to do penance. Surius relates a similar case of a Roman citizen named Andrew, who had died impenitent, and for whom Mary had obtained that he should come to life again, that he might be pardoned. Pelbertus says that in his time, when the Emperor Sigismund was crossing the Alps with his army, a voice was heard coming from a skeleton, asking for a confessor, and declaring that the Mother of God, for whom he had had a tender devotion when a soldier, had obtained that he should thus live until he had been able to make his confession, and having done so, the soul departed. These and other such examples, however, must not encourage rash persons to live in sin, with the hope that Mary will deliver them from hell, even should they die in this state. For as it would be the height of folly for anyone to throw himself into a well with the hope that Mary would preserve his life, because she has occasionally preserved some under similar circumstances, still greater folly would it be to run the risk of dying in sin in the hope that the Blessed Virgin would save him from hell. But these examples serve to revive our confidence with the reflection that if the Divine Mother has been able to deliver from hell even some who have died in sin, how much more will she be able to preserve from a similar lot those who, during life, have recourse to her with a purpose of amendment, and who serve her faithfully. What then will be our lot, O tender mother, let us ask with St. Germanus, who are sinners, but desire to change and have recourse to thee, who art the life of Christians? St. Anselm says that he will not be lost for whom thou once prayest. O pray then for us, and we shall be preserved from hell. Who, exclaims Richard of St. Victor, will presume to say, if I have thee to defend me, O mother of mercy, that the judge will be unfavorable to me when I am presented before the divine tribunal? Blessed Henry Suso used to say that he had placed his soul in the hands of Mary, and that if he was condemned, the sentence must pass through her hands. 
being confident that if it was in such hands, this tender virgin would certainly prevent its execution. The same do I hope for myself, O my own most holy queen, and therefore I will always repeat the words of St. Bonaventure. In thee, O lady, have I placed all my hopes, and thus I confidently trust that I shall never be lost, but praise and love thee forever in heaven. Example In the year 1604, in a city of Flanders, there were two young men, students, but who, instead of attending to their studies, gave themselves up to a life of debauchery. One night they were both in a house with an evil companion, when one of them, named Richard, returned home, leaving his companion there. After he got home, and had begun to undress, he remembered that he had not that day said some Hail Marys that he was in the habit of reciting. Feeling very sleepy, he was loath to say them. He did himself violence, and repeated them, though without devotion and half asleep. He then lay down and had fallen into a sound slumber, when he was suddenly roused by a violent knocking at the door, and without its opening he saw his companion deformed and hideous, standing before him. "'Who art thou?' he cried out. "'What, dost thou not know me?' "'Ah, yes, but how thou art changed! Thou seemest to me a devil!' "'Truly,' he exclaimed, "'poor unfortunate creature that I am! I am damned! And how! When I was leaving that wicked house, a devil came and strangled me! My body is in the street, and my soul in hell! And thou must know,' added he, "'that the same fate awaited thee had not the Blessed Virgin preserved thee in consideration of that little act of homage of the Hail Mary!' "'Fortunate art thou, if only thou knowest how to take advantage of this warning sent thee by the Mother of God!' With these words he opened his mantle, and showing the flames and serpents by which he was tormented, he disappeared. Richard immediately burst into sobs and tears, and casting himself prostrate on the ground, he returned thanks to Mary, his protectress, and whilst thinking how to change his life, he heard the bell of the Franciscan monastery ringing for matins. Ah, it is there, says he, that God calls me to do penance. He went straight off to the convent and implored the fathers to admit him but they were hardly willing to do so, knowing his wicked life. But he, sobbing bitterly, told all that had taken place, and two fathers being sent to the street, and having found the strangled body, which was as black as a coal, they admitted him. From that time forward, Richard led a most exemplary life, and at length went to preach the gospel in the Indies, and thence to Japan, where he had the happiness of giving his life for Jesus Christ, being burnt alive for the faith. Prayer O Mary, my most dear mother, in what an abyss of evils should I not now be, if thou hadst not so many times delivered me with thy compassionate hand? How many years ago should I not have been in hell, hadst thou not saved me by thy powerful prayers? My grievous sins already drove me there. Divine justice had already condemned me, the devils already longed to execute the sentence, and thou didst fly to my aid, and save me without being even called or asked. And what return can I make to thee, O my beloved protectress, for so many favors and for such love. Thou also didst overcome the hardness of my heart, and didst draw me to thy love and to confidence in thee, and into how many other evils should I have not fallen, if with thy compassionate hand thou hadst not so often helped me in the dangers into which I was on the point of falling. Continue, O my hope, to preserve me from hell and from the sins into which I may still fall. Never allow me to have this misfortune, to curse thee in hell. My beloved lady, I love thee, can thy goodness ever endure to see a servant of thine that loves thee lost? Ah, then, obtain that I may never more be ungrateful to thee and to my God, who for the love of thee has granted me so many graces. O Mary, tell me, shall I be lost? Yes, if I abandon thee. But is this possible? Can I ever forget the love thou hadst borne me? Thou, after God, art the love of my soul. 
I can no longer trust myself to live without loving thee. O most beautiful, most holy, most amiable, sweetest creature in the world, I rejoice in thy happiness. I love thee, and I hope always to love thee both in time and in eternity. Amen. All right, and that's where we'll stop with our readings for today. Another wonderful section from St. Alphonsus. I think among the other readings we've done here on the Children of Our Lady podcast, this one stands out as one of the most consoling. I mean, when we consider our goal here on earth is to make it to heaven, to serve God faithfully and to earn the eternal reward. Well, St. Alphonsus showed us in abundance today just how confident we should be in obtaining that goal if we truly serve Our Lady faithfully here. We heard some very eye-opening examples, but you never want to take away from those more extreme examples of the mercy of Our Lady, that presumptuous devotion which we talked about last week and which St. Alphonsus certainly discussed here in today's reading. But one thing I like to do when thinking of all the readings we've done thus far from the glories of Mary is to really take them all as one. Yes, you can pull them apart, you can dissect them, look at just one, but they all really fit together as to really why we should love Our Lady so much as our spiritual mother, as our queen, as the mother of God, as one so deserving of our love. And so when you combine today's reading, that being her protection, that that confidence that we should have that she will help us obtain that goal of reaching heaven and combine that with all the striking examples and all the many reasons we've reflected upon about why Our Lady is so deserving of our love. Well, when you combine those two together, it's just so powerful because there's such a great pull to love Our Lady. She's so deserving of love. I mean, after God, who is more deserving of our love than our Blessed Mother? Who has done more for our salvation after God than our Blessed Mother? So there's this great pull to love Our Lady and not only is there that great sweetness of loving someone who's so deserving of love and who loves you so much, but also we consider today just how much she does for us, and namely, most importantly, she helps us save our souls. I mean, when we hear these words mentioned today in the reading from St. Alphonsus, saying in various ways that a faithful servant of Our Lady will never be lost. I mean, when you consider those words, how powerful is that? Of course, it was said in today's reading, and we say it every time, we have to do our part. And that should go without saying. Unfortunately, yes, there are those cases where it doesn't, and there are people who can be presumptuous on the intercession of our Blessed Mother. But as we've mentioned on the show in the past, thinking about Our Lady, thinking about the wonderful gift that Our Lady is, this reading today adds a massive piece to that image, to that reflection about Our Lady being such a wonderful gift. Because if we do our part, if we strive to serve her faithfully, we have no reason to doubt that Our Lady will be there to assist us to reach the final goal, and while we're here on earth to help us bear our crosses with patience, to obtain us those graces we need, spiritual and temporal, for ourselves, for our friends, for our families. So many wonderful reasons to love our Blessed Mother. And I hope that today's reading encouraged anybody out there who's, who's still in the battle, as we all are. Some of us may be struggling a little bit harder than others, but... I don't think it can be said enough that you're not alone, that our Blessed Mother is watching over you, that she is praying for you, and that she is there to help you through whatever it is you're going through. You just have to ask and be ready to do your part. But really for all of us, for all of the church militant, when you consider the struggle we're in trying to save our souls against the opposition that's out there in the world, and then we reflect upon what God has given us in our Blessed Mother, how consoling it is to think what we have in Our Lady who watches over us truly with a tender mother's love and wants nothing more than for us to save our souls and to be able to see God face to face and then to see her face to face, 
to rejoice with the saints and the angels and the blessed in heaven for all eternity. I mean, that's what it's about, right? Serving God here faithfully on this earth so that we can share in his happiness and in his glory in heaven. And we have Our Lady, our Blessed Mother, the Blessed Virgin Mary, to help us achieve that goal. Well, like I said, I didn't want to spend too much time on this outro today because I am a little bit pressed on time. But after the reading today, I did want to come on here and at least say something. So I think now we'll go ahead and get into our quote for today's episode. And this one comes from St. John Vianney. The Blessed Virgin is like a good mother who, not content with looking after all her children in general, watches over each one separately. A nice quote from St. John Vianney reminding us that Our Lady truly watches over each one of us and has an individual love for each one of us. Well, I think we go ahead and conclude today's episode with our own prayer to Our Blessed Mother. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Immaculate Heart of Mary, pray for us. St. Alphonsus de Liguori, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Well, I thank you guys as always for coming by to today's episode of the Children of Our Lady podcast, brought to you by the Catholic Family Podcast. God bless you all, and Mary keep you. We